Beloved, I want to speak to you on the subject, the fourth man, and what can he do for you? It's not enough to read about what God did for Israel. Now, I'm glad that God did wonders for them. Why, he fed them 40 years and clothed them, and they didn't have to change their garments in the 40 years in the wilderness. Think about what God did for those men and women in that great company. But here's a strange story tonight, and the Bible says that, that three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were down in a strange country called Babylon. They were among strange people that had strange customs. They were among a strange king. And yet when the day came and that's going to have a celebration, that king had prepared a golden image. And he said, all I ask you to do on this day is to bow down and give homage to the image. But I'm glad that day when the thousands did bow, there were three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said, we will not bow. And aren't you glad there's some people today that will not bow to the images of this world? I tell you, I'm so glad I met the fourth man. And if you ever meet him, praise God, you'll not bow. What a blessing that is. And so, I want you to see something. The flute started to play, and the timbre, and all of the instruments. And when they did, the king looked out and said, the three men called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They have not bowed. And he said, we'll give them another chance. And they, he gave them another chance. And then he said, go get those men and make that furnace seven times hot. And we're going to throw them in that furnace. Said, they'll be scorched and burned. And when they brought them down, they opened the door. And the heat was so tremendous until those that threw them in, those compromisers, were burned. But they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fire. Went along till the king said, boys, I'm a little nervous about what we had to do. I'd like to look in and see if there's any scorch bones. Can't you imagine the astonishment on his face when that old king looked in that furnace and he said, can't you boys count? I told you to throw three men in the burning, fiery furnace. But lo, I see four men loose. I want to tell you, if the sun sets you free, brother, you're free indeed. Last night, a precious man right here in this church went back in the prayer room. I haven't seen this in years. And he was bound the booze. And he said, I want to be saved. I knelt with him, and Brother Tom knelt with him. And he said he was set free. I don't care whether it's booze. I don't care what habit you may have and what sin may bind you. Thank God the fourth man can loose you and set you free. And the Word of God says that when that king, he said, one, two, three, four. He said, I told you three men. I see four men walking in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Thank God I'm so glad he saw the fourth man. Now the fourth man took the burn out of the fire for the three Hebrew children. The fourth man performed a miracle that their hair didn't singe and their clothes did not burn. But I'm glad when you bring him down now, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank God he can still walk through the fire with you. I'm glad he can still be with you. And if you've got your pencil stuck, Tonight, 
I want you to mark down five things in the corner of your Bible that the fourth man can do for you. Four things that the fourth man will do for me. Five things that the fourth man can do. First, he's able to, he will stand by his word. Now, whether you believe it or not, thank God this is his word. Oh, boy, that blesses me. By the way, if you don't have a King James Version, throw those others away and get you an old-fashioned King James Version. Thank God for the Word of God. I'm glad it's still settled in heaven. It's still inspired. I love the blessed old book of God. It's good enough to live by. It's good enough to die by. And praise God for His Word. Now, He'll stand by that. The fourth man will stand by this Word. Listen to what He said, talking about Abraham. In Romans 4 and verse 21, he said, What he has said, Abraham, he will perform. And I want to say to you, he stood by his word to Abraham. He'll stand by his word to you, and he'll stand by his word to me. Somebody said there are 33,000 promises in the word of God. I don't know. I've never counted them. But I'm glad he never made me a promise that he ever broke. Thank God he'll stand by his his word. He'll stand by His promise. And what a blessing. He said there's an old precious saint years ago. And uh, when she's real sick, the preacher came to see her and said, Amy, I'm going to read out of your Bible. That's a pitiful thing when preachers don't want to read the Bible to sick folks and help them. But he opened her Bible and he'd notice on every page, uh, every once in a while, there'd be initials, T.P. And he'd turn another page and he'd see it, T.P. And he'd look down at that old sick saint of God and said, Amy, what you got this T.P. out here in your Bible? Oh, she said, that's a promise that Jesus made me. And said, I've tried and proved it. And said, I've tried every one of them and proved every one of them. Let me tell you something. He, the fourth man, can stand by his word. Now listen to what he said to Abraham. He said, what he had promised, he shall perform. And when Abraham was 75, God said, Abraham... I'm going to give your wife a child, and of his seed the whole earth shall be blessed. And then his wife at that time was 65, as old, but when she got 90, and Abraham got to be 125 years later, old Abraham said, God, you made me a promise. You promised me 25 years ago that my wife was going to have a child and an heir that would be a blessing to all and that old 90-year-old woman got in the family way. Can you imagine that? 90 years old. You say, I don't believe that. I don't care whether you believe it or not. That's what the book says. And Abraham was 100. <laughs> I want to tell you, and you know what happened? When she was 90 and he was 100, God kept his word and stood by his word. And the word of God says, listen to me what he says. And she conceived and bear a son whose name was Isaac. I can see her about three weeks or four weeks out from that tent, and she's making booties. And somebody rides by on a camel and says, Hey, Sarah, uh, you making that for your great-great-grandchild? She said, No, honey. 
I'm going to have a baby in about a month around here. And they said, have you gone crazy, honey? You're 90 years old. And she said, yeah, but my Father in heaven made my husband a promise. And he'll stand by his word. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how far-fetched it may be. When God makes you a promise, he'll stand by his word. And the Bible said the fourth man walked in the fire. Number one, the fourth man will stand by his word. Secondly, the fourth man, are you listening to me, will supply every need of this church. Oh, thank God. Tom, I'm so glad I've never had a need that he's ever turned his back on. Now, I've had a lot of warners. Sometimes my warner's bigger than my neater. Say amen right there. And sometimes some of you have been just like Brother Mays. You've wanted a lot of things that God didn't want you to have. But he said to that church at Philippi, and old Paul, he said, I want to tell you something, folks out there, but my God shall supply all your need, A-double-L. I'm glad, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, or whether it's financial. Oh, are you listening to me? God is able, the fourth man, he's able, the fourth man supply every need that you'll ever have. Isn't it wonderful? First Kings chapter 17. I'm glad. Thank you, dear brother. Uh, First Kings chapter 17. The Bible says that uh, Elijah was out there and he stood up and said, it's not going to rain. And Jezebel said, I'll hound you. And God said, don't let her hound you. Go over there by the brook. Bless God, we'll take care of you. And he went over by the brook and sat down. And he was there where God told him to be. And God supplied his every need. Twice a day, ravens came. Colored waiters from heaven. Praise God, bringing biscuits down. You can't beat that. Twice a day. And then God spoke to Elijah when the brook dried up. Let me tell you something. When the crowd dries up around me, I'm going to do my own preaching, my own shouting, and my own crying. And the Scripture says that God said to Elijah... Go up to Zarephath. That's the last place on the map. They're having a famine up there. But I'll take care of you. Let me tell you something, brother. I don't care where you are. I don't care how hard times will be. If you're trusting in the fourth man, he'll supply every need that you ever have. And you can praise his name. And the Bible said he went up to Zarephath. And he met a little widow. And she is skinny as a rail. She's picking up sticks. And they didn't have much to eat up there. And God sent this preacher up there. He didn't have a chicken on the place, brother. I'm telling you, that's pitiful. And he, he got up there, and this little old boy, he's skinny. He's walking behind his mama. Why, he is so skinny, he didn't have but one stripe in his pajamas. Now, that's real. I mean, that's, yeah, that's skinny. And when he got up, Elijah got up, he said, Sister! And she said, Oh, man of God. <laughs> said, I'm going to die. I've got just enough for another handful of meal. And then I've joined the obituary column. Me and my boy's going to die. Old Elijah just clapped his heels together and said, Sister, you may die, but I belong to the resurrection and the life club. And bless God, I'm not going to die. If churches want to die, they can. I belong to that living crowd. I belong to those that believe that he came to bring life. And that life more abundant, brother. 
there, and we can praise His blessed name. You say, preacher, what happened? She said, all I've got is a little bitty, little bit. I mean a little bit of them. Just a handful left in that barrel. He said, go make me a pound cake. Now, some of y'all know what a pound cake is. Say amen right there. Well, God, I know what the time. I know you know God, we used to eat pone cakes all the time. And I'll tell you what, some of you are too dignified to do, but it's good in whether you like it or not. Get you some cornbread and crumble it up, put you some milk in there, bless God, and that's about as good eating as you'll ever eat. Amen. And he said, You fix me some a pone of bread. And she said, But what am I? He said, You mind the servant of you mind the man of God. God's gonna supply your need. You see, Elijah knew the fourth man. He said, and boy, you know what she did? She went in and reached down in that barrel, and every time she'd take a handful out, God had put two back in there. Hallelujah. And did you know you can't outgive God, and you will never in your life be able to reach down and find the bottom of that barrel? He'll never let it get in Glory to God. My wife told me the first time I went to Holy Land, she said, what, is, what are you going to bring me back? I said, I don't know. I said, everybody, if they tell me, comes back a little Caleb and Joshua. Now, some of you, if you went to Holy Land, that's what, Tom, is that what you brought back when you went? A Caleb and Joshua. They had a bunch of grapes so big it took two men to carry it. And he said he got down the Jordan River, and Joshua said, Caleb, I forgot my bathing cap. And I don't know how to swim across without a bathing cap. I'll get water in my ears. Oh, he said, don't worry. They took one of those great big grapes as big as a basketball, squeezed the goody out, pulled the hole down over their head, and swam across. Say amen right there. I want to tell you something. Are you listening? They went across. Are you listening to me? And when he said, I want you to know, you'll never find the bottom of that barrel. My wife said, I don't care about no Caleb and Joshua. I don't care about a, a little camel out of olive wood. But I want you to find that barrel that that old widow had, praise God, and bring it back. And I'll never have to buy another loaf of bread as long as I live. Brother, I want to say to every person in this house tonight, the God that I serve is the fourth man. And he'll supply every need. Let me give you this quickly. Years ago, I, I had a new printer. And printers are like a lot of other people. They stay broke all the time. They're like preachers. Say amen to that. And they stay broke all the time. And uh, so I was getting ready to go to Gainesville, Georgia. And a knock came to my door about, oh, I guess about 25 minutes to 6. My wife went to the door and it's Mr. Dosh. He was uh, cleaning out a chicken house and he was uh, uh, doing some printing for me. And he said, is Brother Mays in? And my wife said, yes, but he's fixing to leave to go to Gainesville and, and preach tonight. Oh, he said, I've got to see him. I didn't know when I bought that equipment. It had a second mortgage on it. That said, a man's over there, and it's 6 o'clock. If I don't have $100, he's going he's gonna to lock me up. And he's going to take my... He's gonna, I, and Miss Jackson, i got to see Brother Mays. She said, well, if you can get $100 out of him, it's better than I can do. Mays! And uh, so I went down, and... And I said, how you doing, Brother Dosh? He said, not too good. He said, i got to have $100. Well, I said, mister, I don't have $100. And he said, write a check. He said, all that faith I've been hearing you brag about on the radio, write a check. I said, the First National Bank don't take faith. They take cash, brother. And you know what he said? He said, if I was you and bragging on radio, how much faith? I said, here, hand me that checkbook. And I had, I believe, $6 and something in the bank. 
And I said, I'm going to write you this $100 check and take it down there in the morning. Tell that guy at 9, nine o'clock when that bank opens that the money will be in there. And my wife said, well, you've been wanting to hold another meeting in the jailhouse. Said, bless God, you'll get to hold it. And I said, well, you just wait. So I was going to Gainesville that night. And I said, Lord, all i got to do is get up in faith back to church and tell them i got to have $100 and I'll get it. It seemed like the Holy Ghost said to me, keep your mouth shut and trust me. <laughs> Boy, I don't like that. I'd rather tell you what I need than to keep my mouth shut. And so you know what I did? I got there that night and the preacher's real nervous. And he came up to me and he said, Brother Mason, we've got a rich man here tonight. He said, he's building that highway out there, going, that 85, going into Atlanta. And said, boy, if he likes you, he gives you a good offer. I said, Lord, have mercy, how sweet it is. And boy, I, I'll tell you if I've ever preached, brother, I preached. And I couldn't wait for him to get up there and me sign his Bible. Joe is of this thing. And I, I said, Lord, have mercy. I know I'll get it. I know I'll get it. He walked up to me and he said, Hey, Brother Jackson, I sure did enjoy that sermon. I thought, Lord, how much do you enjoy it? And you know what he said? He looked me just straight in the eye. But he said, I did the most foolish thing I've ever done. I came out without my pocketbook, without my checkbook, and without my money. My heart said, went right straight down. I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, what am I going to do? And I went back to change my shirt that night, and the knock came at the door. And a little chicken farmer retired over that game, so that's a chicken poultry country. Uh, he said, Brother Mays. I said, yes, sir. He said, I started to get my car. And said, the sweet spirit of God said, come back and give Brother Mays offering. And I said, God bless you. And I thought it was a dollar. And I thought if 99 more people would do that, I wouldn't get in jail the next morning. And I put it in my pocket and got down to Buford, where you had to go over and hit 85. It was complete then into Atlanta. And I got there, and I, I reached in my pocket before I went up, and it wasn't one, it wasn't five, it wasn't ten, it wasn't twenty. It was a hundred-dollar bill. I shouted for 15 more miles, and I pulled off the road down there, and a policeman, a friend of mine over there, as I stopped, he said, Hey, Mace, what are you shouting about? I said, A man just gave me a hundred dollars. He said, I'd shout too if he'd give me a hundred. Praise God. But you see, God, a fourth man can supply your need. He can stand by the Word. And he will stand by his Word. Number three, write this down. The fourth man will still the storm in your life. Are you going through a storm tonight? Let me give you something. Listen, you're in, you're in a storm? Are you coming out of a storm? Are you just going into a storm? There's no such thing as a Christian living in sunshine all the time. Brother, you'll have some storms that come, and it'll find out and check you and find out how you are then. Oh, some storms, some storms. I'll never forget, I was staying down, as Carlton was with us, he can tell you about it. We're staying down in a little caboose over there at the Sea of Galilee. And right across over there was a gathering country. That's where a wild man, I mean, they couldn't bind him. They couldn't chain him. And I walked out there that night to get me some orange juice, and I'm just what I am. I don't like people putting on the dog. If you want to gag me, talk like you got a bunion on your tongue. Say amen. So I went over there, and I said, some orange juice? And the Jewish fellow said, yes, sir. And a little lady standing there, and she said, hello. And I said, how do you do? 
she said, uh, I'm a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I said, I'm a Holy Ghost Baptist preacher, and that scared her to death. I mean, if I said I was calm, and, and she said, oh. I said, lady, do you know right across over there on the other side, that CC right over yonder, the gathering country? I said, there's a wild man. And I said, when Jesus came out on that sea, and I said, he went over there and still the storm in that man's soul. And she said, I don't believe that. I said, well, it don't make any difference whether you believe it or not, lady. Whether you believe it or not, the Bible says that there was a storm, and Jesus is still the storm in that man's life. And we had, the, we had 12 of the best shouters you ever saw. We had Red Kirby. Y'all don't know Red. <laughs> you do, don't you? Oh, Lord, have mercy. And Don Collins, he's the worst. And we had that crowd in Carlton over there, and they shouted all night long. And the next morning, I went over to get some orange juice, and I met this old professor, and she said, I don't believe there's a crazy man and a wild man 1,900 years ago. But she said, there's a dozen around here last night. That I want to tell you something, but I want you to know it was that night upon that sea. Are you listening to me? That night upon that sea. When a great billow started to roll, and the Bible said the ship was now full, and the Bible says uh, they came to Jesus, and uh, they said, Tear us not that we perish. Let me tell you, if you're in a storm, Jesus cares. Your family may not care, but Jesus cares. Oh, your church people may not care, but I'm glad no one ever cared for me like Jesus. Thank God He cares, Mother, when you're in a storm. Daddy, He cares when you're in a storm. You say, what did he do? He got up and held out his hand and said, Peace, be still. I want to tell you something. That was beautiful. The Bible said the wind stopped blowing and the waves laid down. Oh, do you hear me? And I can tell you something better than that. I remember down here in Raleigh, North Carolina, when I was in a storm in C. Domitor, room 813, taking final exams that year. I was in a storm, but Jesus stepped up in my heart, held up His hand, and said, Peace be still. And the waves laid down. And the wind ceased to blow. And I, I heard Him say, Peace. Peace, peace. I want to tell you something, folks. The fourth man can still the storm in your life. I remember hearing about a precious old lady was coming back in a big liner from over uh, seas. And they got to the New York Harbor. And when they got there, a storm brewed up in that New York Harbor. And the captain said, all you tourists down in your cabins, please, every tourist down in your cabin, you'll be blown off the decks. But there's one old sister, blessed, bless her heart, that was a Christian. She's old, and she's standing up on the deck, waving her handkerchief and singing, Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. That captain said, Granny, come off of that deck, you're going to be blown into the water. And she just kept on waving her handkerchief in that storm and singing. Oh, you know why? She had a, a peace in her heart. The storm in her soul had been calmed. And as she stood there, the captain finally said to one of the sailors, Go up there and tell Granny, I said, to get off of that deck or she'll be blown into the bay and drowned. And that old boy went up there and he's afraid to touch her. And finally he reached out and said, Ma'am? She turned around and said, What do you want? 
He, he said, I want you to come down and get in your cabin. said, you're going to be blown out into the sea. And she said, who said so? He said, the captain. He, she said, you go back and tell that captain, I've got a daughter in heaven and one in New York, and I'm going to spend the night with one of them, and it don't make any difference which one it is. Praise God, I'm going to stay all night with one of them. Brother, that's having peace. And the fourth man can still that storm. Number four. I'm glad the fourth man, you look in your Bible, say, what can the fourth man do for me, preacher Maze? I'm glad he's able to solve every problem. Uh, you say, preacher, I have so many problems. Well, listen to me. You've got problems, I've got problems. Listen, he's able to solve your problem. You need to turn it over to Jesus. You need to say, God, I don't have the wisdom. Let me show you something. I do this every morning. I've been doing it for a long time. I say, Lord, I don't know where to go today. I mean, well, me and... and Brother Holt went down to the hospital. I didn't know that. I had to ask God to go with me. I asked God when I got back. I asked God when I came back. You need to ask the Lord to guide your steps. You're not smart enough to know what to do. But I know the fourth man. And thank God he can solve every problem. There's not a problem you have that God cannot solve. And when God solves that problem, listen to me, you'll know it's solved. Quit trying to figure God out. You can't figure God out. Quit trying to make your own plans. Turn them over over to Jesus, and he'll guide you through. Thank God he's got him. Thank the Lord. Listen, whatever it takes, the Lord can solve your problem.